Hello, welcome back to the N17 podcast. It's been a bit of a while since we last joined you, and today it's a it's a duo pod. Just me and Eddie. Yo, what's up? We're the only ones that have uh, turned out to talk Tottenham at this testing time. Yeah, I think it's it's fair enough. If you <laughs> you know if you don't want to, it's the last thing you want to be doing on a you know Wednesday evening. Well, is, uh, <laughs> is talking about this. this I mean, mess. currently, currently, the teams that we would have been facing are playing now. I wonder who we would have faced because we would have been facing. Oh yeah, Derby or Man United. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, when that draw like got announced because we were playing live, mm. I was like to my dad, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a good, that's a good draw. Yeah, I'll take that." I'd have hated and then a he was like, or But you think we're going through? <laughs> that's the experience of a Spurs fan talking right there. My like, dad, he was... just knew. My dad was just like, oh, so it's going to be United-Tottenham. I was just like, huh? <laughs> Do you think this is a given? Yeah. We're, we're not going to win. In, like, true, like... Because this is essentially a therapy at this point, you know. We're, we're so down talking about Tottenham. Yeah. we just got to get out. It's a, it's a catharsis. But, so, you know, in therapy, they, they often go back to the childhood. So let's go back to the start of that Norwich game. When you saw that line-up, Michel Vorm making his first start in 17 months. Just just run me through the emotions of what was going on there. Um, see, do, do you know what the blit, like the blissful thing was? Up until about 15 minutes before kickoff, mm-hmm. I completely forgot that we were playing. Okay. So I knew we were playing midweek, and then I just completely forgot. And then I saw the lineup like mm. come on my on my timeline. Like fifteen minutes before kickoff, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> the tongue at left back, Michel Vorming goal after seventeen months." Even though Gazaniga is absolutely fit, can, can you wrap your head around that? Because I was trying to rationalize, rationalize it, and I just I couldn't really get my head around it. I thought maybe it's because he's making a point that at this point. He's so scared of injuries, Mourinho, that he feels like if he plays Gazaniga, he's going to get some, I don't know, boot in the face and he's going to be out for four games and then we're going to be stuck with form. So is he just wrapping the keeper in cotton wool just to make a point? I'm not sure if it's a point, but I do see the the hesitation to essentially play our only like really like any decent keeper in a cup game. when we have an important game on the weekend and Leipzig next week. Um, I think there's a bit of that. Um, but also if, if Mourinho's um, plan this season was to at least win a cup, then we just have to play our best team. Yeah. Um, which will kind of, it'll bring us back onto the, onto the point much later in the pod when we talk about his dilemma and how we, how we progress because we can't fight on all fronts. But it, the league at this point, is I think a for pretty much a foregone conclusion. I don't think that we can prioritize that the, the league would have been the, the hardest thing to prioritize mm-hmm. because it's going to be every week and we're going to have to perform every week. Um, whereas with with the with the cup games, it's like one off games, which Mourinho's are actually good at. Well, well supposedly, supposedly, allegedly, yeah, supposedly these one off ties. Um, against an opposition where he can study the opposition, set, set our team up um, to, for a specific game, their strengths. So I think if that's his philosophy, um, then 
playing Michel Ward makes zero sense if mm. he hasn't started a professional game in 17 months. But this is why I feel like it is part of a wider Machiavellian plan to like make a point at Levy because it just doesn't really make sense to me. Like this is if he wins a cup, he'll go down in Spurs' hearts for a long time because let's face it, we haven't won a cup since 2008. And before that, it was like 1999. So, like, we've been on a long drought. So, if he wins a cup, he will go down in, like, folklore. So, to sacrifice a cup like that just doesn't make sense to me. And I feel like it might be part of a larger plan of Ten and Levy. Look, I just don't have the squad. And um, we're going to need massive investment in the summer. And... uh, yeah, that's why I'm just going to like dick about and just play random players <laughs> that haven't played for like I mean, who knows what's going to happen next. Might play like Cliff Jones on the wing or some <laughs> shit like I mean, it's just getting ridiculous. To be fair, out of all the like, like all of the players that were including in the lineup, like I was happy to you're going to laugh at me now. I was happy to see Skiff in the lineup. No, come on. <laughs> I, I'm the last person to laugh at that. It's you and Jed that have a problem with Skippy. It's not I, me. I always I, stood up for him. I, I've, I've most recently had an agenda against Skip. Mm-hmm. But I was happy to see him in the lineup because these are the sort of games that you play him in. And he um, was good, wasn't he? And he was good. And that's probably one of the, the minor highlights of yesterday is that yeah. he did look comfortable on the ball. He looked like he'd get stuck in. Um, at least gives us a, another option if in, in that midfield if uh, Ndombele can't play for more than 10 minutes uh, a week and, um, <laughs> and it's funny because it's true yeah <laughs> and, and, uh, and Winks either picks up too many yellow cards or mm. or um, you know can't play every game and obviously Lascelles at this point we're going to get him injured Oh, um, that's just that's just waiting. It's just a hundred percent. I mean, I mean, amidst all the chaos yesterday, I think Bergwijn picked up an injury and Lucas. So, whether we can even put out a team, <laughs> a team it remains to be seen. But one of the things I find remarkable about Skip is how he looks like a three-year-old child and <laughs> the granddad from Courage the Cowardly Dog at the same time. <laughs> I, I don't see how that's he's got, possible. He's got yeah. I don't know. He has an old young face. Yeah. There's he looks like a child, yeah, but at the same time, like he looks that. really old. He looks like he could win a gurning competition, I reckon. 100% what with like, the Giants. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, but I'm talking old school, like Victorian era, down the pub. He's just come out of the mines. <laughs> Black and he's teeth. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's got his little pipe and he just contorts his jaw like around up to his nose and, you know, takes the prize. Do you know he looks like a baby as well? Lucas, he he looks like. <laughs> yes, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what he looks like. He, <laughs> he looks does. like me when I do the baby filter on on, on Snapchat. He, that's what his face looks like. But he also has the crescent. The, he, uh, yeah, so he, he has the hairline of a baby. Fuck. Yeah, it, 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 it's strange. It's stra- like in his position, just shave everything, mate. It, just that that Anelka just needs the Anelka. Yeah, the Anel- Exactly. Imagine his head is with the Anelka. It'll be unstoppable. He'll be absolutely unstoppable. Or the seal. Yeah. This is also known as if he wants to go into the entertainment side <laughs> of things. I don't know. The Vin Diesel? Um, the Vin Diesel, yeah. At the moment, he's going for the Jason Statham. Doesn't work. But like, it works for Statham. Yeah, I feel like it can only work for Statham. But talking of, of Statham, I know we're going hella off topic here, probably because we just don't want to talk about Tottenham. But he's like some sex symbol, but like he just does look like any other bloke. Oh, 
I, I don't really understand it. I don't understand it at all. Because this didn't he? He used to be like a dancer, or a ballerina, or something. I, I don't know about that. He used to be an Olympic diver, though. Or yeah, like, oh, he no, was in he the qualification. Was that, or something something like that. Yeah, he was a yeah. Like I don't know how he became universally seen as this sexy. I think what it is <laughs> is that he looks like he has the like the roughness of an absolute, uh, an absolute um, oik. Literally, yeah. He has a yeah, but a, he's a, a celebrity. But he's a celebrity. Yeah, I and agree. He's also fit. Yeah. Mean, like he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's built. He's built like an athlete. Um, it's a very like philosophical concept. Like I just think I reckon Michel Foucault. Or <laughs> I think he's the antithesis. Beaudrillard of, would love to talk of about the gammon. It. He's what every gammon wants to be. So yeah. that's why he's no, popular. no, they want to be Tommy Shelby. Oh, okay, he, okay. he got okay, usurped okay. recently okay, by okay, by okay. Shelby. Okay, but yeah, a little swing back to Tottenham. Um, I guess we should talk about how we played. Um, when it comes to watching Tottenham, I'm not that good at analysis, even though I do like, you know, want to be a football writer. So <laughs> that's not too great. But like, I get too caught up in, in the emotion of things. So in terms of like, where we set up in like a mid block, low block, I don't really notice because I'm just cheering yeah. for the goal to happen but yeah of course I don't know like I feel like you watch games with a bit more of a calm detachment than uh, me so because yeah. like I will literally like I'm like that have you seen that video of that Turkish bloke oh, yeah. watching the TV like <laughs> it, it, like where he's picking up a slipper like going yeah, to, like, yeah, hit yeah, the t- yeah. like that's how I get like I, I can't I can't get into analysis of things like it's, <sighs> honestly it's just the stressful experience i think it's, it's still stressful for me um but like i i'm sure it might be from for most fans but like i <laughs> i go into it like not optimistic at all so I'll, I'll i'll genuinely just have a look at like the way we set up to see how i can complain about when we lose <laughs> <laughs> no i mean for, for for real though yesterday um it looked like we set up on paper, it was a four-two-three-one, um, but out of pos- out of um, possession, we were playing a four-four-two, uh, yeah. which is like kind of what Mourinho has been doing with every like team that he's like had with us. So mm-hmm. every team that he set up, like regardless of personnel, out of out of possession, we were four-four-two. In mm-hmm. possession, we were four-two-three-one. Okay, um, and when they have the ball um, in their in in our half. We only have like one person up front, um, but the the issue the issue we had yesterday um, is that with the four two three one, you kind of want the, the pivots to be a, a bit more uh, robust and mobile. Mm-hmm. But Winks and Skippy were sat in front of the back four for the whole game. Yeah, that there was no connector at all. Um, if Lacelso came and got the ball, he's too deep. Because it means then we have no one connecting the mm-hmm. ball from him to Ali, who had cut the most frustrating figure mm-hmm. up front yesterday. Um, and in terms of the like, in terms of possession, it made it impossible for us to get out of our own half with any degree of creativity or ingenuity. Because if if Ali has to drop deep to get the ball, and Bergwijn and, and Lucas are up wide, then that's it. We have no focal point anymore. Yeah. Like everyone's playing in in roughly the same twenty yards mm-hmm. um, of each other when we got the ball, and Norwich did really really well in getting back. 
yeah. uh, in, in numbers. So once they got back behind the ball, we had no creativity whatsoever. Nothing to unlock that that um, that defence. And they had a pivot that actually worked with Tribal. Yeah, and, tribal uh, yeah. and I can't remember the other person. One thing that I noticed was that they were tactical fouling and like it was infuriating. But like Jose Mourinho is our manager. Why are we not employing those kind of tactics? I don't understand. Like, I maybe it's because I'm biased that I don't notice it, but I don't really think we tactical foul. No, we don't. It's like, but I feel like every team does it against us and it just completely destroys us. Do you not remember? Especially that tribal. Yeah. And you should, he like, he, I think he, he could have been sent off. Yeah, he could have been sent off. Yeah. He should have totted up enough yellow cards. Like. I just, do you remember that? I can't remember who it was, whether it was against Wolves, not recently. Or against a, another team, it was in the Premier Aston Villa, mm-hmm. um, where no one brought down. Uh, I think it was either Grealish or McNeil or someone. I can't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. Nobody brought him down on the halfway line. Ali didn't bring him down on the halfway line. Winks didn't bring him down, and they ended up scoring. Yeah, when all of them could have tactically fouled him, and it happened against the Wolves as well. Yeah, no one touched Pedro Neto. Just completely unopposed, just running through us. I just think. This is, it's another thing. Do you, do you reckon that these players like because we're playing them too many times that like, they're just they're, they're concerned about getting too many yellow cards? I don't know. I don't know if it's to do with that or just don't know if we if we're not doing the tactical fouling anymore. I just think we've completely. Yesterday was the kiss of death. We were talking about earlier of the loss of identity for Spurs mm. because yesterday there was no pressing. Uh, there, our fullbacks didn't. Our fullbacks weren't weren't, weren't getting forward uh, in a in a systemic or progressive manner. It was kind of stop start. Are mm-hmm. got up one like for for five minutes. I thought Are was reasonably good yesterday. He was good, but there wasn't any sustained threat. Yeah, you know when we had Trippier, at least you you knew he was like as soon as he gets it like halfway in their half. That's his kind of area where he can swing across in. Yes, good point. Um, and with Walker, you know that at any point he can motor um, in behind. Like he's mm. got that. Um, so that's, like, that's the constant threat. And with Rose, it used to be similar, where like yeah. like once you got into once you got into like halfway to their half, like he was always there making that overlapping run, whether or not he got the ball. Yeah, we just in a way like with the injuries as well. Like we have too many like wild card players where you don't really know what they're gonna do. Like Aurier is quite bad at that. Lucas is the most wild card player ever because he Picks can... The halfway like, there's, there's no wonder for me. Now, having watched him for a season because everyone's injured, like, he starts every game. There's no wonder why he scored that hat-trick against Ajax because that was the law of averages all in one match. Because he is a phenomenal player with the ball at his feet, but he has no tactical awareness whatsoever. Zero. Like, zero. he'll beat anyone... But he could end up at the corner flag. Like, he, he can only dribble and shoot and head. And that's it. <laughs> like, it's like when you create a player on pro clubs, you just you spend all moves, the points, yeah. like, on just, like, certain things. That, that's Lucas Moura. Um, and I think Lamella's like that as well. Lamella was... I love Lamella because he's just such a... He just exhibits so much machismo whenever he comes on. He's like, voracious. He's player. so he is just masculinity in a player. Like, yeah, yeah. Which is weird because he doesn't really look like the most masculine bloke. But like, he definitely you, shaves you, you his know, legs and yeah, you yeah. you know what I mean. Like, he just 
he is fight in a player and like he's he great eyes. but like at the same time like he randomly does stuff like he'll get into the box and pass it yeah or <laughs> either pass it into no one or like he'll have the ball stuck under his feet and he just can't do anything um, like, like the ridiculous Rabona cross he did in the box yesterday oh that was good I liked that I liked it but it just showed how one footed he is as well <laughs> again yeah. Yeah. again he cannot use his right foot to save his life I reckon if he if, if he tried to use his right foot it would go backwards Probably. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how someone could be so unsure of their other foot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, that's why he loves his possible ball rolls, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he cannot dribble with his right foot. Yeah, no, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah, starting lineup like Vertonghen as well. Like he scored like again, and yeah. he was he was okay. Mm. I thought. Yeah. Well, or do you think he got ripped? But uh, no, no. I thought he was okay. I reckon if he was on the other side where. Um, where um, Cantwell was attacking, it would have been a longer night for him. Mm-hmm. But at least Arie and Sanchez have a bit more pace and and um, and they have a bit more like guile about them in terms of like mobility. That yeah, doesn't have. Any and I more. thought Sanchez was good, like um, amongst the bad. I also well, think Dyer wasn't bad either. Bad performance, but I don't think Dyer had a bad game. I don't think Sanchez had a bad game. Yeah. It was just a case of like. Again, something like 67% of the goals that we've conceded under Mourinho have been from um, individual er- mm. errors. So things that we can cancel out of our game. Yeah. And that's the most frustrating thing. Mm. Yesterday, Vaughan, individual mm. error that cost us the game. We were going into that game, like we were going into the last 10 minutes of that game. We were, we were ahead. We could have brought players on to either consolidate that or at least bring some energy. And we literally concede out of a complete individual error. Yeah, yeah. It was completely that an was individual terrible. error. Because as a professional keeper, no one challenging you for the ball. The ball's coming straight at you. If you're not confident, you punch it away. Mm-hmm. If, if and but, but you should not be that unconfident in taking the sting out of a ball. Yeah. Getting your palms up. Bringing it into your midriff. The sad thing is as well, like, he had a second chance and he just, like, yeah. slid under the ball. <laughs> it was just, it was just depressing to see. And, and that's, that's probably the worst thing um, in terms of Mourinho, like, for Mourinho. Mm. I think that he's set up the team yesterday fine. I think the setup was fine because mm-hmm. going into the last 10 minutes, we are winning the game. And... I think the players that he used were fine because we do definitely stretch in terms of our squad. And, you know, playing Gazanig, not playing Gazanig, I can understand. Not playing Alderweireld, I'm not so sure. Um, but not, yeah, not playing Davies, I understand. Mm-hmm. Not playing Ndombele, I understand. But if we're going to, not playing Lamella, I understand. If we're going to play him on the weekend or we're going to play him on next Tuesday. But if he keeps on getting let down by individual errors, there's nothing that he can do. And I'm sure that will get brought up um, when we answer the questions later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a frustrating, it was a frustrating game to watch. Um, but it, I threw a rot when that goal went in. Yeah. Because I could not believe that we'd been let down again by an individual error by someone who um, Mourinho gave a chance to. Yeah. <sighs> 
it's it's at a point where you just don't know what to add. But like, I guess we should get into the people who who came on. Um, Jetson, like, in our chat, mm. he got a lot of praise. And then equally, I was in a, a chat with the people who um like go to Spurs with, and they were saying he was terrible. I thought he was, he was good. He was good, but like, he, I feel like he needs a goal or or like an assist or something to happen because you can see that there's a player in there, oh, and he sure. does do stuff. This is why I say he needs the confidence because he does do stuff like say he's all of a sudden getting really pressured. He'll do like a nice body thing and just go past someone. Yeah. Because he's not thinking. But when he's thinking about things, I don't think he's like as good mm-hmm. as he has the potential to be. Um, did you, were you impressed with him coming on? Or, or I think or that's absolutely right, your assessment. Um, simply just by the fact that his penalty was the worst of the lot. Yeah, um, yeah, and I just think that's a case of yeah, yeah, him having too much time to think about where he wanted to put it. He ended up not making a decision because that was a, a genuinely awful penalty. Yeah, I think it's it one was, of the worst penalties. I've it was seen. it was so similar to like Aubameyang's penalty um, when we when when he played us. Oh, but at um, least that was in the bottom corner. Though. Yeah, kind of. But there's who who else? Um, Aguero's penalty. It's similar no, to that. Even where... that was in the bottom corner. I genuinely think this is up there with the Zazas of this world. It was and the Adebayo against Basel or whatever it was. Yeah, it was a bit. It barely reached. Yeah, it wasn't going to reach the goal. <laughs> like it, it. That's as bad as a penalty that you can take yeah. if it's staying on target. Yeah, I guess obviously so. there's the ones that probably get more headlines or retweets or whatever when it goes skied over the bar. Yeah, but. You can barely take a penalty that's on target worse than that. Mm. I think. I I agree. I just think it was, it just it just lacked any conviction, and that was just, it was similar to when he had that chance towards the end of the game and and just completely yeah. miss it and it went high and wide, and I, um and like people were like well surely that showed conviction. It went it went he had loads of powers like no because there's two like there's a different way of like conviction can also mean like. Hitting it, knowing where that ball's going, mm-hmm. because you can you can hit it hard and but have no confidence in where it's going. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think that's where that's what happened to him in that. But as you were saying, like he has the ability to beat people. He's not slow. Um, he he's definitely got he's definitely got something about him, and he, he doesn't mind getting stuck in as well, mm-hmm. which is which is a good thing. Um, we kind of had um a history of our attackers being a bit a bit. You know, a bit light on their feet in terms of they're not they want to get stuck in, but with Lamella, with 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 Jetson, with Lacelso, hopefully, and with Lucas as well. Hopefully, we have now like a, a group of players that like to get stuck into to tackles, even if they're attacking players. But with him, um, yeah, he moved the ball well. It's just when he got to the final third, I think his crossing is actually really good. Mm. He's he's got he's got a good cross on him, which is weird because he's we bought him as a centre midfielder, but he plays a lot. More like a winger. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like the direct Sissoko, Sissoko. replacement. Yeah. It, it makes you wonder, are, will we activate the release clause? Because he's on quite a long loan deal. Yeah, was and, it one and a half? Yeah, it one is. and a half, yeah. And the release clause is a lot. It's like 50-something million. He's definitely not worth 50 million. Let's put that out there right now. Yeah. But maybe we will come to an agreement over like thirty million or something, which um, that does raise the prospects of something I didn't write on the running order. But 
Sissoko is looks like he's coming back to fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it going to help us or? In a way, I feel like not it's just another centre mid. Like not the position. Yeah, it's just. But it could it could allow um, players like Lascelles or Dombley to move a bit more forward. Yeah. Um, or it could even allow Lucas to take a rest. I think mm-hmm. if he played on the right wing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think it it does give like some our squad just like a bit more bolstering. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it's like a game changer. It's not like Son or Kane coming back. Yeah. Um, but. <clears throat> It's, we've kind of, we just need bodies in the, we were talking about, we talked about this at the beginning of the season, we need bodies in our squad, mm-hmm. and they were like, they, we were losing bodies, we weren't even like, keeping the ones that we had, Yeah, we were, we were hitting so many injuries, um, that we just had like, a, we have now a threadbare squad, so him coming back is probably actually really important, but yeah, for, for Jetson, he, if that cameo yesterday, or not even a cameo, if that performance yesterday, Came with a goal or assist. We're talking about a really good performance. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. And and the fact that he comes away with uh, a missed penalty that caused us to crash out of the cup uh, probably paints the performance in a much worse light than it probably deserves. Mm-hmm. No, I think I agree with that. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, another person who missed the penalty and uh, had a bit of a cameo was Parrot, um, someone who our fans have been like baying for for a while they just want him on the pitch like he got probably the biggest cheer of the whole night mm-hmm. when he got brought on um i have to say again i was unimpressed um yeah. i was unimpressed against colchester i was unimpressed with this cameo and i'm reluctant to be too harsh in my criticism because i know he is a good player at, at youth level but for me he's played two games at youth level now at senior, uh, level. At, at senior level sorry and uh, he doesn't look ready. And I almost felt like that was... Uh, maybe I give Mourinho too much credit because I do paint him as this like Machiavellian character that has this grand plan. But Shakespearean. That was almost like, look, is this your king? Like, yeah. is this the guy <laughs> that you your... think is going to save you? <laughs> Come grab your man. Because he's not ready. Because he looked so... He looked stick thin, like he just did not look like a, a man on the pitch, and like he wasn't holding up the ball well. And you know, I really want him to be good, but I just didn't, I didn't see it on that performance. I'm not writing him off forever, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying that for now, just I don't see that as a Premier League striker. Yeah, I think I think that he has the same. It's like the same thing with like. Do you remember when people is this is a while ago? Do you remember when people were like raging about Patrick Bamford when he was in the championship? He was banging so many goals and people thought, oh, bring him to Premier League, bring him to Premier League. Mm. Um he was absolutely pony. Yeah. Like he the the level that it takes to perform against a Premier League side on the biggest stage is so, so different mm-hmm. from youth level like. The players are so much smarter, so much more experienced. They're so much bigger, and that's a fact. It doesn't matter, um, like whether you're playing like under twenty threes, where like a lot of the players in the Premier League are that age. It doesn't matter. They're still bigger, yeah, um, and they have more nuance to their game, and they're they're being coached by top professionals. Um, it's it's a completely different game, mm-hmm. and as much as me too, I wanted him to. I wanted him to have a really good performance. I wanted him to score um, during the game, not just uh, not just 
the penalty, which he unfortunately missed. Um, I just... <sighs> Mourinho saying time and time again that he wasn't ready. And everyone's just like, well, we, we, we don't have a centre forward. Mm-hmm. Even if he's not ready, we have to put him on the field. Was yesterday was like a an indication that but listen when I say he's not ready, it's not because I don't want him to play, yeah. and it's not because I don't like youth players. Yeah, it's because I've seen the way he plays mm-hmm. in training. I've even seen that at youth level because he absolutely has. He would have watched Parrot oh, yes. very closely. It, he has a world class striker, or yeah. like a good striker in his youth system. But believe he's going to play it. <laughs> exactly. He's not. He doesn't have some like I know people like to paint out. Uh, Mourinho having like an ideology against young players or whatever but if he's good enough I'm sure he will play um, but There's yeah the fact that. was that like he for me had far less presence as his, as the number nine than like putting someone like Eric Lamella up there he's mm-hmm. not a striker but like I would rather have someone like Lamella holding up the ball and bringing others into play in the face <laughs> yeah <laughs> which then, would um, definitely happen if he played number nine yeah that's true <laughs> that, I, I hadn't <laughs> considered that there was one thing we spoke about off mic was uh, my theory of I think Endombele can play up front, which he, he could No! No! I just think he's such a good dribbler. Like, if Tongi, you just get the ball to him... What's he, he going to do? What's he going to do? He'll, he'll beat like two people and then do a pass to no one. But like, at least there's hope. At least that can like bounce into the goal. It happened for Lamella against Chelsea. Like, come on. <laughs> oh. One thing we haven't spoken about, and I don't know how we've gotten, what's it, 29 and a half minutes into this podcast, we haven't spoken about Dyer's little fight club yet. I mean... Maybe because first rule of fight club is, we don't <laughs> talk about fight club. That's true, that's true, but in this case, we, we got, talk about fight club. We have to, we have to, like, that's, that's a low, isn't it? That's potentially, um, yeah, that's, that's potentially season defining for Dyer. Uh, in the worst way possible, because re- regardless of whether the allegations were true, whether it was to do with him defending Jensen after racial remarks, or whether Dyer was like just essentially looking for a fight after yesterday's performance, as a professional footballer, there like there are lines, mm-hmm. and as a human being, either either situation, whether it was. Because his brother was getting abused or in a fight in the cl- in the crowd, or Jensen was getting racially abused. As a human being, you like absolutely understand what yeah. he was doing, but the same way, the same way, you know, celebrities or actors can't fight paparazzi. Yeah, uh, footballers can't fight fans because you have your your professional uh, public figure, yeah. and you're you're contracted. To, to you know to represent yeah. the club and the whole way that you earn wages is based around like the fact that people are going to watch you every week so you can't be picking fights with fans I have to say if it was to defend Jensen from racism like on a moral level I think then I'd completely forgive that but other than that it starts to get very murky and it's just a bit embarrassing really because mm. the other fans have been loving it on, on Twitter yeah. and it is just like that's that's a that's a footballing meltdown yeah it like, just, imagine it, if Xhaka did that for Arsenal <laughs> we would be fucking loving it, it be, it's exactly the same it's mm. exactly the same and 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 the the issue is now is that like if he does get charged with whatever um, could be a very lengthy ban it could be 
We're talking. Remember when we know when Cantona um, mm. kicked the fan? Obviously, I don't think it's as severe as that. No. But the implications are the same. Uh, attacking a fan or getting aggressive with a fan off off the pitch um, is <laughs> it's a very very bad situation. Mm. Um, and like you're looking at the, the video and potentially only grabs the fan. And when we're talking about actual, you know grievances it's not that bad it's just the implication of the situation like you like representing the club um yeah he's now put us in a very very difficult situation yeah well i mean put it into another context like even if you're working for like sainsbury's or whatever and you're in your uniform and someone says oh you haven't stacked that shelf properly and you just go and deck them like (laughs) you would get sacked (laughs) like you can't do that you just can't do that it's, it's made me unhappy because I don't want to sit here and be like, Dyer's you know, done a bad. Like, Dyer's mm. like, fucked it. Dyer's done this, done that. Like, yeah. he's, you know, he's ruined. Like, he shouldn't have done that. Like, any human being probably would. Yeah. Um, but, like, again, you have to condemn it because it's completely just not the right thing to do professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I think I, I agree really. I think that tops off. And the thing is, I think he's been good. Like a lot, I like even against Wolves, he came in for a lot of criticism. And I saw, for me, I know he made mistakes in the lead up to their goals, mm. but I saw someone getting their confidence back together, putting in some tackles that I haven't seen him be putting in. Mm. And uh, yeah, against Norwich, he was pretty good as well. So it would be a shame. Um, and as a centre half, yeah, not as a centre midfielder, which is actually probably important to 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 consider because as a centre midfielder, he's looked quite out of his depth this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a centre half, I think he's looked a lot more comfortable. Yeah, which I don't know if it's good or bad because um, I think we we're in terms of centre halves, we're not we're not struggling for depth. Foyt is coming back as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I don't think that's a position that we particularly need you know another decent performer we've got two starters that do, do a decent enough job in Sanchez and Alderweireld so um, I mean it's good for him maybe once he gets his confidence back he can move back into that midfield role mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's just whether he plays again for a long time yeah yeah and like even when he, when he's been playing at centre-back it's almost like a half centre-back centre defensive midfield yeah. like hybrid like it I think it's helped us like and it's helped him as well because yeah as you say he's just too stiff to be playing as defensive midfielder at this yeah. point um one thing I guess we should um cover briefly is the Wolves game um we were saying off off mic that we, we started quite well and I I agreed with Mourinho's assessment I thought we were quite unlucky to lose that game. We didn't deserve to. Mm. But football's a game of results, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Scoring goals. Yeah. And we were we were porous in defence. I mean, everyone's seen that Twitter video of... Was it Neto? Neto. Yeah, running through everyone. Like, that's just embarrassing. At, yeah, at Sunday level. league yeah. level, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But, like... In front of 60,000 people. Yeah. It was, it was just poor. And I think that, that just kind of sums us up a little bit at the moment. Like... I don't know if the like the will to defend is there. <laughs> there. There is certainly like a kind of defeatist air when we concede 
or when or when we when we're under the cost for five minutes, it just seems that like our players are like happy to sit. Uh, whether that's like been like moment that's been mandated by Mourinho, but it seems like our players are really happy to sit in mm. their positions with no real like desire to to win the ball back um, until like the other team makes a mistake or an errant pass, and then maybe we can start an attack. But there doesn't seem to be any desire to be proactive. Um, again, is that the DNA of Mourinho? We've known him as a reactive manager, um, and maybe that's maybe that's been mandated by him. But we do look so reactive, almost to the point of just like we've had to go into games with like a one nil handicap at yeah. this point yeah. in order to play any sort of football. Which, which you know, it might be an interesting thing to see next week when we play mm. Leipzig because we do have that handicap. True, true. Do we go out in that game and actually yeah. play football? Well, it's such a nice segue <laughs> to uh, Glenn's question, which is uh, basically, I haven't written it down word for word, but it's like, what could Mourinho possibly have done more in this situation? He's basically a Mourinho supporter. He's, he's standing by him. This may I remind you is a man who's earning probably the most in the world as a football manager. So while I do support him, I think he's there to be criticised. He's a human after all. For me, um, just in response to that question, I I do get disappointed when I see that even though we have no strikers, we do have a fully fit midfield and we still surrender uh, possession. Um I just don't see that as a necessary way of playing football. Mm. And <clears throat> another criticism as well is that he's saying, oh, there's nothing we can do because we don't have strikers. Does that need to be public? Because that's quite a defeatist and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, like doing that. So that's why I would criticise him. But I do think, you know, take the two best players out of any team and they're going to struggle. Like taking Salah and for me Salah and Mane yeah. out of a Liverpool yeah, side. Yeah, where the goal's gonna come from yeah. there. So yeah, I've got sympathy for him and I do think he deserves at least a season next season. But I don't think he's above criticism. But at the same time I don't it annoys me seeing on Twitter people saying that like, Oh, we gambled everything, bring a Mourinho in just because Levy like okay I'll put it more kindly like fancies him or whatever yeah these were the same people who wanted Mourinho in mm. at the expense of Poch because they wanted the trophy because in a way their underdog psychosis had got so bad that they were just like oh, I'll just take a Carling Cup or whatever no <laughs> he's selling no, soul. you've let these people get into your heads you've let these Chelsea fans and just just ignore them just ignore them under Poch we were building to something it might never have come <laughs> but we were building to something but you know don't complain about it now you got it we, we're, we're short termist I think yeah I mean we, we definitely touched upon the, the defeatist attitude of the players um, it's just whether that, that bleeds into the rest of the club um, I think Mourinho has been absolutely starved of um a fully fit squad um, he's had a fully fit squad one game this season mm-hmm. that was his first game I think that was the only game that he had where like he had pretty much everyone at his disposal um, um, against West Ham mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and you know we won that game but that's kind of the, besides the point it was the only game that we've had where he's had a squad to pick from yeah. um, 
because that's when Ben Davies picked up his injury. Mm-hmm. He was out. Um, yeah, not long after we had players dropping like flies. Um, I think going into the season, we have to really, really consider um, our expectations. Uh, you know, the game before Poch got sacked, where we think we were heading. Do you think? Do, do we? Did we honestly believe that like we were going to continue with this essentially relegation, um, relegation form? Mm-hmm. Um, where like we were not even we weren't even getting any we weren't gathering points we weren't drawing we were losing yeah yeah we were not getting any points yeah I remember coming away from the draw of Watford thinking okay that's decent <laughs> like that's how bad it is <laughs> yeah we were really not picking up any points and to be fair to Mourinho we we um we we climbed up from bottom half of the table to to, to two points away of fourth before we started screwing it away again mm-hmm. um. And I think, you know, that can't be understated. I think people need to um, really consider, yes, you know, other teams have been absolutely, you know, poor. It's been another case where everyone's been poor this season, mm-hmm. um, except there isn't two teams playing a lot better than everyone else. There's only yeah. one this season. Mm-hmm. And they're so much better than everyone else. Yeah. Um, and I think, he, yeah, he just needs... He needs a fully fit squad. Um, he needs time with the players to like really you know like implement what he wants from the team Mm -hmm. I just he needs he needs time to like figure things out because at the moment you don't have two or three weeks like you know in the summer he has like two months where he can work with the players work with the coaching staff review footage uh, look at recruitment without playing a single game and that's what's difficult about now. It's just like, yes, you have week, you have a week each time to to set up your team, but you don't have enough time outside of that because every week you're setting up for the team that you're playing. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to, you're not, you're not building a team um, with an identity. You're building a team for essentially every week. It's a one-off game. Mm-hmm. You're building a team for Burnley. You're building a team for Leicester. You're building a team for Chelsea. He hasn't had any time to build an identity. Um, so that's why I think we lose, we we don't play that we have any identity. He just needs time, uh, he and um, and the, the space to to essentially find the players that he wants in this in this team, make sure they're fit, and play them. Because mm-hmm. I think if we're looking at our strongest team, in my opinion, we go um, at you know in, in our current squad state, we go. Um, Larice, Arie, um, Alderweireld, Sanchez, Davies, a midfield three of um, Lo Celso, Winks, and Dombele, and a front three of Kane, Son, and Lucas. Not Bergwijn? It remains to be seen. I think Son and Lucas are more effective than Bergwijn. Okay. Um, but again, we have space for rotation. Yeah, yeah. Ali can play. Uh, uh, Bergwijn can play yeah. um, Lamella can play yeah and at this point we're so far away from that and we haven't ha- we haven't even it's been close to that team yeah not even close yeah 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 like we're a few like iterations down from yeah. it like if you were making like alternative squads like yeah you'd that be, it's is like, genuinely it's like the third time. how bad it is yeah. we're, we're on our third team as yeah. of starting XI yeah yeah uh, I think that's like what people don't realise that people that aren't Spurs fans like because there is a sort of... The media can't wait for Mourinho to fail, I think. Mm. They, they don't care about the context of this. Like They're just, you know... 
they can't wait to pile on. But as I said, despite the injuries, I still think we could play a little bit a better brand of football. But yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm behind him. Um, I like the guy per- personally. Like, you know, I've always like quite liked him, even when he was at like, Chelsea and Inter. Mm-hmm. Not so much at United. The character. Yeah, he's he's a character, and I haven't met him as well. He was he was a lovely bloke, <laughs> even though he was. Uh, a brief encounter, a brief encounter. <laughs> but I was quite um, uh, I don't know starstruck <laughs> by the presence he's like a really charming person yeah he is he is he is I, I was trying to avoid that word so much because I didn't want to be like David Brent yeah he's a charmer charm, he's a charmer <laughs> <laughs> but, um, he was is extremely charming and just very personable so yeah I want him to succeed but we'll see and um you know, I guess this is a good way to round things off is his dilemma uh, that he's gone public with, which has worried me, I have to say. This is the signs of Mar- of a Mourinho that's really on his last legs, normally. Five months in. And it's, yeah, it's five months in. Um, but he, apparently he's going to the board and he's telling them we can only prioritise Burnley or Leipzig. And I don't know what's going on. Is he asking them to pick or what? Like, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a strange... Imagine if he goes in there, but like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. Like uh, Leipzig, for me, feels a bit f- far away, and I, I don't see how we're going to win that. Even um, if we go by through. By two clear goals. Well, even I guess we, we can win 2-1. Yeah, e- yeah. Even if we go through, then we're playing people of such a high calibre that... We're not even on their planet. If we get like now. a Dortmund, oh my god, that would be a yeah. full-on massacre. Yeah, but that would still be more kind than someone like uh, Bayern. I think he would just destroy <laughs> I, us. I, I don't It'd want to be see so that. embarrassing. I don't want to see that again. In a way, I think one of the best draws we could get probably would be someone like Juve. Yeah, maybe we get a buy if they if the coronavirus is too bad. It <laughs> <laughs> could be a way of getting to the final again. Imagine Napoli. If, yeah, Napoli. Uh, imagine if we got to the final again. again. <laughs> Even if we lost, it would slightly be the same, <laughs> like a repeat of last season again, because it pretty much was this bad last season. Yeah, with more, with less injuries. Yeah, so Mourinho better than Poch. You got to say, but um, yeah. So, do we think the comeback against Leipzig is possible? Um, not if we set up so negatively. Mm-hmm. Um. Which which actually is probably um, which has no, will have, will have an effect on the Burnley game mm-hmm. because if if we are going to set up um, to offensively against Leipzig, then we're going to have to rest those players on the weekend. Yeah. And it's just a case of who does he see as the most offensive team possible? I reckon Aria doesn't start on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I reckon uh, the Tongan might start. Yeah, Davies doesn't start. Bergvine can't start. Bergvine cannot start. Uh, I don't Lucas think... is debatable. Yeah. I don't think... I think Dyer will if he, mm-hmm. you know, he hasn't been charged. Um, <laughs> which is, which is it's genuine, genuinely a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think Ndombele will start. Uh, yeah, probably. But again, it just depends on what Mourinho... Um, you know, what happens if that board meeting? I don't really know what, <laughs> yeah. he, what he wants from but it. I don't know how we can rest Bergwijn and... Lucas at the same time. I don't and even still, know if we have enough players to yeah, do it. Unless Parrot starts, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
which that would actually be a real indication that Mourinho is just like this is okay. Yeah. If, if you want Leipzig. Oh. Well, because yeah, I just forgot Sessegnon does play for us, so, <laughs> so he could come in. I forgot about that yeah. completely. So Sessegnon could come in and uh, Jedson on the right. Yeah. Um, Again, that's a that's a it's not a good team. Not at all. That's a championship team. Yeah. That that it, that is veering towards championship. It's like a Southampton team. level team. Yeah, yeah. You know when they had Valerie at right back and, and stuff. <laughs> yeah, love to be a Spurs fan. Uh, it's a great time. I honestly, you say, imagine if we did this podcast in, in um, like, Tim Sherwood era. Oh. Uh, I think we'd been dr- driven to full blown alcoholism. Yeah, I think so. That was definitely my darkest. Right now, I'm fighting out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was my darkest time as a Spurs fan ever because the reason I think Sherwood was so dark was because you just felt like you had nothing. You had no investment left in your club, like. You had the most vile person heading it up, and there was that rumor that he was an Arsenal fan, which I completely bought into because I hated <laughs> him so much. I I think that was probably the only time when I just wasn't watching our games because yeah. I I always watch like I always watch games like I think I watch every single game if I can. Yeah, just physically possible. Yeah, but that was time. I think I was like in the library like preparing for my A-levels or something and Spurs were playing United and I was like you know I just don't even want to watch it like it got that bad I've never had that with Spurs so it's better than that at least (laughs) that's something damning with faint praise (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much but I think on on that note I think pretty much wrapped it up Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to want to add or I genuinely hope um, next Wednesday or Thursday when we do this we beat Burnley and we beat Leipzig oh, can you imagine <laughs> but the thing, thing is things change around quick like after we beat Villa I thought we'd turn the corner mm. I was like oh Sonny has like finally figured out how to play striker it's going to be great yeah. and then he's broken his bloody arm like <laughs> oh, it's just Spursy man it's just so Spursy